0: Hello, welcome to Special Education Information. My name is Joy. You may from time to time hear from my African gray parrots. Their name is Jojo and Sterling. Today I kind of wanted to talk about listening and how important that is to an IEP team. If you're lucky, you're part of IEP teams that are really respectful of each other and each other's knowledge That listen very well to each other. I think that's very crucial. That they share information with each other, information they've learned about whatever the condition is that the student or the child is dealing with, information that they have about their own specialty and how that can help that child. I think it's important that they share their goals with each other that the goals overlap each other so that they're all working on the same sorts of things, but each with its own little twist to it that helps emphasize the specialty that the person has, like tying shoes, something I have an impossible time teaching students how to do, and I'm not quite sure why, but I do. So I always go to the occupational therapist or the OT and ask them for assistance in how to help me teach the child how to tie shoes the way that OT feels is important for that particular child, because it seems each child needs to learn it a different way. And so when I'm with a good team and working with a good OT, that's something that they work with me together on, that a team will work on following through on each other's suggestions and recommendations So if I'm working with a child who is blind and the person who does the teaching of the cane skills says I think it's best that the student uses a very wide sweep with the cane, then that's something that I will reinforce if I'm walking with that particular student for that day. A constant communication goes on between the meetings through notebooks, through email, through phone calls, through whatever it takes, that everybody can stay in touch with each other so that everybody knows how well the child is doing on their IEP goals and just in general, how they're doing in school, how they're doing with their friends, things along those lines. Also, to keep the parents involved, keep the parents in the know-how of what is going on with their child at school, and then they can also let you know And the team know what's going on with their child in the home environment, which I think is very important, is very important. And I think we forget about that a lot. And I think we need to be careful that we don't because a child spends most of their day at home, especially at times during the summertime and during the weekends. And I want to just really, really emphasize the constant need for communication and the constant need for listening to each other. Not to be sitting there trying to think about what you wanna say while the other person is talking to you, but that you're listening to the other person while they are speaking to you about the particular topic that you guys are discussing. So let's take a look at maybe what a team would look like that is not getting along very well. And I've been on quite a few of those, unfortunately an IEP team is not getting along well. Maybe one of the IEP team members is not doing their fair share of the paperwork. Maybe the IEP team member is arguing constantly over why their IEP goals are better and that everybody should be going with theirs. And there's a very strong disagreement as a team against that particular goal that this person has. Maybe The parents are the ones that are arguing with the team and they are insisting that their child be able to do something that the team as a whole understand and knows that their child can't do. Maybe the team doesn't even talk to each other during the school year. Just that one time during the year they get together and they have this team and they don't even know who each other is. Sit down at the team. They're like, oh, I'm the OT or I'm the PT, physical therapist, or Oh, I'm the teacher for the deaf, or I'm the principal, and nobody knows this because nobody talks to each other in the middle of the school year to even figure things out. There's something really wrong with that, and unfortunately, I have seen it happen where an occupational therapist has come and sat down and told me who they were, and I had no idea, and they hadn't even written anything on the IEP for the list of goals or anything they just came in sat down and expected that i would do all the work on my computer while we were in the meeting that she should have done the day before at the very latest so i was not okay with that situation and i'm sure nobody would be okay with that situation i also had one person who never did the forms right so i always had to wait till almost the middle of the night when they completed it to go through the forms and fix what they did wrong and i was not okay with that either and i have had parents who expected me to be teaching their child algebra when the child didn't even know their times tables. these are situations really where nobody was listening to each other about what was going on the worst situation that i was in was when I went to a new principal with the goals. And since she was new, I said, what do you think of my goals? She says, they're fine. I said, great. We get into the IEP meeting. She decides she doesn't like the goals and starts changing them in front of everybody in the meeting. And she was simplifying them too much. And she was not listening to me say that the child was already beyond the point of the IEP goals she was simplifying them to and that the goals needed to stand as they were because they were a stretch for her. She'd have to be pushed a little bit to achieve those goals and that's what you really want our goals that the child has to be pushed towards achieving. Sure enough within the first two weeks that child reached the whole goal because it was too simple and that person would not listen to me, that it was too easy for her. And that was a frustrating situation. So it's so important, so, so important that we really listen to each other in these meetings and that we're not doing this kind of stuff in front of the family. Can you imagine what it looked like to have a teacher come in and say, hey, I expect that your child will be able to do division by the end of the school year, and then have the other person write down that, oh no, they can't, they will never be able to do division, that's just too hard for them. Let's have them do one through ten addition, and, and maybe they'll be able to make that by the end of the year. What was that like for that parent to see that change, and to see the conflict that was just barely on the surface? of what was going on there. I cannot imagine that that was a good feeling, and I do not think that that was a good representation of that school. Okay then, so you're asking, well, how do we prevent this? How do we overcome these kinds of conflicts and these kinds of interactions and ignoring each other and all these kinds of things from occurring in our IEP meetings? I think A lot of things and a lot of things that are going on actually in our society now is that we need to learn to listen, not to be thinking in our heads while people are talking to us. So I did a little research into this and I found this pretty good article on it. And I'm going to kind of review the article and talk about what I think it has to say and what it might mean towards our IEP meetings. So for one, it talks about starting with comprehensive listening. You're listening to understand the message. What is the person trying to tell you? So in the case of my situation with this particular uh, case manager, and I was trying to tell her the student can already do the addition. We need to stick to division. It was much better choice for that child. I was trying to communicate that message to her, but she was not listening to what I was having to say. She was not comprehending that the child was already doing addition. She was so caught up on what she felt was the point that she just wasn't going to comprehend it. So... The other part of that is not thinking about what you want to say while the other person is talking. You want to be listening to their message, not thinking about what you want to say while they are talking. I guess I can't emphasize that enough. And it's really, really hard not to do that. It really is. And this was kind of an odd one that I had to think about a little bit, which was memory. And what does memory have to do with listening? Well, it actually quite a bit because you have to remember what the person is saying to you to comprehend what they are trying to tell you. So you would have to remember that I was saying to you that the child can already do addition to understand and to hear that Michael was good at doing division and that we should work on division and not addition, and that would require, I guess, memory to remember what was being said to you. So it's a little bit kind of a different thing i never seen or heard before about memory. So the other would be concentration. Now this actually makes really a lot of sense. So let's say you're like in a room full of people and somebody has a dog for some reason and the dog is running across the room. Well, your attention is going to be immediately caught, right, by that dog going across the room. And that means you've just probably completely lost your attention on the person who was talking to you. And so you now need to find your way back into the ability to concentrate on what that person is saying and hope that you can remember what you heard while you watch that dog cross the room. So concentration, I think, is very important. And the article recommends practicing that practice concentrating on what somebody is saying so maybe even when your mind starts drifting off on something else they say something that reminds you maybe of your dad and so your mind drifts off towards that memory of your dad and then when you realize it you take your concentration and you bring it right back around and right back to the person you're talking to and allow your concentration to stay focused on the person you are talking to And this one's another one that I thought was interesting, and that is one of vocabulary. And I thought, well, everybody sort of talks with each other, and you have this understanding back and forth. And then it occurred to me, one of the things that I got nailed on in my internship, almost on a constant basis, was that I talked too high level for the students that I was interacting with, and I didn't think too much about it when I was doing it. And... Over time, I realized, yeah, my professors, they were right. I did talk too high level. Over time, I ended up developing kind of a system where the kids would ask me to make something make more sense. And so if you're talking with someone and they're using vocabulary you're not familiar with, maybe they're talking about computers or they're talking about teaching or whatever it is, and they start using words that you don't understand, then ask them to explain those words and then when you're talking about something try to be aware that you may be using words that they don't understand and try to simplify or define those words. Another item in the article talked about being motivated. Why are you listening to the person? Are you just being polite and they're just talking and you're just listening because what else are you going to do with your time? Or is there a reason? Is there something you're trying to get out of the conversation? Are they teaching you something? Are they informing you of something? Are they giving you directions somewhere? Whatever it is, try to think of something that you can be getting out of that conversation with that person. Try not to just be hanging on and listening because it's the only thing you have to do and they're chattering on and on and going on and on and on and on some more. And try to find a reason to listen to that person. Maybe it's just to get to know them a little bit better. And next is be responsible. You're responsible for part of that conversation. You're in it. You're there whether you want to be or not. I suppose if you're not wanting to be, then it's your responsibility to bow out of it graciously. And if you do want to be there, then it's your responsibility to play the partner of somebody you're talking with. And then there's something... I think a lot of people are not completely aware of. They may have heard about it, but they may not realize how important it is. And that is of nonverbal communication. Depending on who you talk to, about 70% of what we communicate with people is nonverbal. And nonverbal comes across either the way you're holding yourself, the tone of your voice, the way you're moving. So things like crossing your arms, wiggling around in your seat, rolling your eyes, those are all seen as negative things. You're communicating something in a in a negative way. You're telling that person you don't agree with them, you're bored, you just don't want to be there. It's not a good thing. There's lots of different ways we communicate in negative. Those are just some examples. And some examples of positive is you're leaning forward. You're giving eye contact. Your arms aren't crossed. Those are all positive things. You're nodding your head. I mean, there's so much we communicate using our bodies and we don't even really recognize it. Pay attention to other people and their body language when you're talking with them, and then pay attention to your own and see what you're communicating to other people. And really think about that when you're in the middle of an interview. So now let's take it into an IEP meeting. Yes, some IEP meetings, they are not exciting, and you kind of want to sag down in the chair and put your head on the back and just go to sleep because, oh my God gosh, how long can this person go on? And I'm telling you, I understand that because I am one of the people that can go on and not stop talking. But when I'm doing it, it's because I'm usually doing a report and the type of my specialty, there's a couple reports that we have to give and they do go a bit long. But it is important that You hear it, and I know that you're hearing it if you give me nonverbal communication that's positive, and I know that you're listening to me. I know that the information I'm providing you will be able to be implemented into your goals and will be implemented into what you're going to be doing with the child for the following year. And it's true in reverse when I'm listening to you, it's the same thing. If you're an occupational therapist and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, how can I implement what you're teaching me right now into what I'm gonna be doing with my student, our student for the remainder of the school year. So to help keep a positive attitude between everybody during the IEP and during the whole year, practice those use of those communication skills Make use of the time effectively. It may be the only time you ever get everybody on the IAP team and the parents together. Take advantage of that time. Listen to the person who is talking. Ask questions. Make sure you have all your answers that you need to work with the kid and to make sure that you understand how to be able to do what you want to do. Work together as a team. I can't emphasize that enough. Just work together. Listen to each other. Include the family all year long. Include the family. And if the child is old enough, include the student. The student's life is what you guys are controlling. And their future is what you're affecting. So if they are able to participate, let them participate. Even if it's just a little way maybe for the first 20 minutes of the IEP meeting have them come in and sit down and talk about what they want to do then that's fantastic and that's about all I have to say about listening even after a long long day and you really don't want to go to that IEP meeting because you're just exhausted and you're tired from writing all the reports up go and listen, and listen to each other, and form that awesome IEP team. A child's life is in your hands. And so that is all for now, and I will talk to you next time.